0: Welcome
1: to the, I don't give a should show a podcast exploring all the ways that women should all over themselves. How many times do you find yourself acting out of obligation or doing what everyone else expects from you without stopping to consider why, where do all those beliefs that are driving you come from? If you're tired of feeling resentful, overwhelmed, stuck, exhausted, or pissed off, you are in the right place. Shitting all over yourself is a real thing, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. I'm your host, Jen Sherwood, and I spent way too many years trying to prove that I was good enough and worrying what other people thought while avoiding conflict at all costs. Today, I don't give a shit. Well, not as many anyway, and neither should you. I'm talking to women like you who figured out how to stop shooting and start living. You're listening to the I Don't Give a Should Show, episode number five. And today my guest is Galit Tadiq. Galit is the founder and listen to this. I want you to hear this loud and clear. And the CEO, <laughs> I love it, of the financial trust. She believes your ultimate personal power to live the life you love comes from taking control of your money. If you want to break free, If you want to be healed from your financial pains, as well as reach newer, higher goals. I'm telling you, you have to reach out to Galit. You have to get to know this woman. She is amazing and believes so strongly in the power of this. Galit, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so happy to have you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for this.
1: So what our listeners don't know is that very recently I was a guest on your podcast and we had such a good time and I have to be careful when I do these. I don't have to be. I like to be careful when I do these. I like to hear the story for the first time. And so I've gotten a little taste of your backstory, but I don't actually know the story. And so I'm just really excited to hear, you know, your journey and what brought you here to today. So without further ado, Galeet, what was it like for you when you
0: were living under the shoulds? Uh, it was oppressive. It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything. Honestly. So when, I ask you, so
1: when you say, because the word authenticity gets used a lot, it's actually a word I'm a big fan of, but for you, when you say it didn't feel authentic, like what was that like for you? So someone was using the word oppression makes me think someone parents, community, whatever was telling you who or what you were supposed to be, but what did it feel like for you?
0: Yeah, it just felt like I was always putting on a facade. Like I had to be a different person in order to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Because in my field, finance, right, you should be an older white male. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or at least that's how it was. Right. I was nothing like that. And it went so far as when I first started my business. I had to put my ex, who was an older white appearing male on my website in order to look legit. Mm -hmm. And that was actually told to me by people that I respected, people of authority. My accountant had me add him as a 1% business owner so that I could technically have this guy on my website who knew nothing about finance, but looked the part. And so people would trust him. We went even as far as like the first video that I shot to promote my business had him in it, looking over a graph that he absolutely did not understand and had no idea what he was talking about. But we just needed that shot of this older white male in the office, looking at paperwork and supervising.
1: I should not. I mean, my mouth is gaping open. I should not be as surprised as I am in this moment. And in my mind, I'm jumping forward ahead about who your clients were then versus who your clients are now. Like who was it? But you know what? Actually, I'll let you answer that. And then I'll walk us back a little bit because I am curious. So I imagine you put this gentleman on your site and business starts to come but the business that came were it the people that you wanted. Were they the people you wanted to work with, or was it when you became more authentic that the people you wanted to work with showed up?
0: Uh, completely, when I became more authentic, mm-hmm. the initial people that I started working with are—I think there may be one client left from that array of of initial first clients—and it really was people that were looking not looking to pay me what I was worth Mm. looking for their main point of contact to be this man that had no idea what they were doing, but because they were a man, it just, okay. They're going to be, you know, I want to talk to the owner. (laughs) You're talking to the owner. This guy owns 1% and has no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, that my initial clients, I have maybe one of those remaining The people that I work with now are the people that I always wanted to be working with.
1: I love that. But I want to walk back a little bit because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, okay, so you were wearing this facade of the person who needs the kind of white male to bring people in and it's not going to bring in the people you want anyway. So at some point, I'm guessing you had to let the facade go, which is what I think we're talking about. But- When do you think that facade started for you? When did you feel like you had to, and and you don't have to go back to, you know, the Genesis of it all, but like just earlier in your life, what was that like for you as you were coming up? And I imagine kind of bumping up against these walls of expectation.
0: Yeah. So I actually am going to go way back. Bring it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So I am a female that grew up in an Orthodox religious Jewish home and went to Orthodox Jewish schools in which there was one role for a female. It was to be the mother, to be a mother and a housewife. Yeah. Those were your options. I did not fit into that mold ever. And so growing up, it was a constant battle between what how I should be and what I actually was. So in school, I remember having to be in math classes that were four or five grades ahead because I just kept refusing to be at that level. I was like, no, you cannot continue to put me in at this level because I've learned that already. I don't need to just know addition and subtraction. You know, I want to progress, I want to learn. So it was a constant battle between knowing that I was worth more than just being someone's housewife, and then also maintaining this facade so that I could stay in the school, be accepted by the community, be accepted by my family, being accepted by the authority figures around me.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine how sort of, and my mind is going to a disorienting that you don't fit in this mold. And so maybe there were thoughts in your mind about like, what's wrong with me? Why am I different than everybody else? But then on the other side, my brain sort of going towards how terrifying for you, you know, you don't fit this mold, but everybody in your life who, when you say authority figure, I'm thinking your parents, you're all the way up the line, the officials at the school, at the church, at the... And in your community, if this is how this community believes so strongly and you don't fit there, it must've been terrifying for you. Or I'm assuming it is. I shouldn't put words in your. I don't want to put words in.
0: It definitely was. It was, they instilled this fear of you're not going to have a good future. You are not going to live up to your duties as a woman, as, you know, your duties to God you are going to go to hell, all of these things. I can't even count the number of times that even my own family told me that I was going to hell because I did not fit into the mold. Uh And it drove me to just kind of force myself to break out of it completely in childhood, to break out of that initial religion, the initial, initial religious mold that I was put into. And then I had to do it again in my career because I was put into a new mold, which when you start working for banks, they want you to look a certain way. So I was wearing suits Mm -hmm. and color blocked dresses. And I worked for some religious companies as well, Jewish religious companies. So they even expected a higher level. So everything was covered up. And at those companies, I was hired to be part of their finance departments, but I would also have to set the table for the men and not be allowed to actually sit and eat with the men. So it was always like this two sides of me, knowing that I'm someone completely different and fulfilling this role that I have to fulfill in order to get the experience that I need to be able to break out on my own.
1: Okay, so... This is fascinating. I mean, I feel like we could really dive into this if we had all day, but this is amazing. And there's something so magical I have to say about looking at you right now. And what I can see from Galit, if you're listening to this is just this beautiful smile and her blue hair. So, you know, she is not in anybody's mold any any longer except yours. But I'm curious, was there an event or a series of events that made you kind of say like enough And then, you know, move through that mold or were you sort of always on that track of moving towards it? But these were the ways you were going to get the experience you needed to get to where you are today as the CEO. I mean, I'm curious what happened for you.
0: So there definitely was a trajectory earlier on in my career. I was like, okay, I'm going to stay and fit into these facades for as long as I need to, to get the experience so that I can create something of my own. Once I created my business, what I didn't realize is that I would still have to put on a facade. And so in my business, there was a huge pivotal moment for me when I broke out of it. And that was actually, I'm part of this nonprofit called the Ladies of Business Rockway Beach. And we used to have guest speakers. And we had this PR expert. Her name is Kimra Luna. I remember that day so vividly. She came in. She gave this whole lecture about social media and PR and taught so many things. And at the end, I walked up to her and I was like, so I understand how you do it for all these other businesses. But you know, this is the details of my business. How would I be able to do that? How would I be able to do these social media videos and stuff like that without releasing my client data and making sure that every single piece of paper on my desk is turned over before, you know, before I start a video. And she said to me, let me look at your website and let me look at your social media. And I want to look at you. And she looked at it and these were her words. These two people are not the same thing. Mm. I me, don't trust you in it. Person and you online. Me, me in person versus me online. She said these two people are not the same person, and I don't trust it. And oh, I went fascinating. And I was like, "Wow, you're right." She's like, "This website, this social media, looks super corporate." When we're talking, I like you. Yeah. You don't feel super corporate. You feel like someone I would want to work with, Mm -hmm. but if I just knew you from your social media and from your website, I would not work with you.
1: Oh my gosh. What an eye opening moment. So you hear this and you realize there is this dissonance between you, the authentic elite and you, the business version. And somehow you want to marry these two because the business is what you want to do. So what do you do?
0: So there was a process. So the first thing I started was I went back because I had origi- I built my original website by myself. I went back and I rebuilt it. And I put in things that mattered to me. So I have always been super into the oceans and I made it kind of an ocean theme website and changed the wording so that it sounded more like me. So that was my first initial thing. Then social media, I started to become active on social media. And I was using me, I was using my image, the image of my actual employees using my actual clients. So I'd go over to a client's face and during that we'd take a selfie and mm-hmm. I post them on social media and it was a gradual process. I started to really embody who I was in my business and move away from that. Super corporate look with someone else as the face of the business, I took back that piece of it, and then slowly, I started to feel more comfortable with how I was showing up and more comfortable being more and more of myself. Yeah. and you know, I eventually did completely threw off the carpet look and did what I wanted, which was dye my hair blue <laughs> and just be me and be valued for all of my skills and not be judged on the way that I look. And I make sure that my clients, when they start with me, we do a zoom call. So they know who they're talking to.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking you can't control who's judging you, but it sounds to me like, When you show up authentically you, the people who would have judged you and decided not to work with you because you have blue hair, those aren't the people you want to work with anyway. So that's beautiful. Like Show up with your blue hair. And then if that person, for whatever reason, doesn't feel comfortable for you because that doesn't meet the the old school framework, well, that's fine. And it doesn't sound like that's hurting your business at all.
0: No. In fact, it's completely helped my business because the people that I'm working with now are valuing me for my skills Mm -hmm. and valuing what I can do for them. And they are paying me what I'm worth instead of me trying to pick off people that are looking for corporate accountants and things like that, who are not willing to pay for my services, you know, people that are just looking for the corporations of the world.
1: Okay. I just want to stop for one second and reiterate this for everybody who is listening. So once you stepped into you really just stopped trying to be something that you weren't clients showed up who appreciated your skills and were willing to pay you what you were worth. That feels like a revolutionary statement that needs to be said over over and over because I think so many times we are so afraid of how people will judge us, and then you know, and then what does that look like? And and then we're gonna be a bag lady living into the you know, blah blah blah. It goes into this rabbit hole of disaster, but that's not what happened for you at all. And I don't know what that family life looks like. You can talk about it, you cannot talk about it. That's totally up to you. But you seem like the more that you really embrace who you are and let go of those. It's almost like a fortress of what people expected you to be, that your business life grew and your personal life. I'm curious. And I would imagine followed along because you're no longer pretending what
0: you were supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. My personal life is now wonderful. I can say that, you know, that ex that I spoke about that older white oh, yeah. male who was on my business. So he is no longer a part of my life and has not been for many, many years. I am married to a beautiful man who accepts me exactly the way I am. The majority of my family has no problem with who I am now. They love my blue hair. My nieces and nephews are all about it. It's now like every time I I go around them, it's like, oh, what color is your hair going to be? What shade of blue? What can I find in my wardrobe that matches? (laughs) Oh
1: my gosh. you're like the wild, crazy auntie and they can't wait to see what you have going on. Okay. I have to say, because again, I want to say to our listeners, I try not to hear the story before we get on here because I want to hear it when you do. I'm actually surprised. I, that is not what I thought was going to happen with your family. That is incredible that yeah. you came from such a staunch background and yet you still get to have the life you want to lead and they're a part of it. That's obviously mind blowing. I'm so happy for you.
0: Yeah. There was a some touchy moments in there. And there's certain family members that I don't speak to, but for the most part, the majority of my family accepts me. And I'm more than happy to spend my time and resources with the ones that do accept me and just allow the ones that don't to come around eventually. Yeah. Or
1: not. And otherwise, what's the option? You pretend to be somebody you're not. And that wasn't working for you. That was absolutely not working for you. So talk to us a little bit about what you do in your business and and just share what's happening.
0: Yeah. So I uh, technically own one business, but it's two parts. I have a virtual CFO company. So that's everything that has to do with money in a business, bookkeeping, payroll, accounts payable, accounts receivable, collections, et cetera. And I do financial wellness coaching for individuals. What does that look like if
1: somebody doesn't know what that means?
0: Yeah. So I really focus on financial literacy. So there's a lot of people that are financial advisors and try to sell you things. I'm not looking to sell any insurances or looking to sell any specific investments. What I do is I focus on the financial literacy that you should have been taught in school.
1: Mm -hmm, And I teach
0: you how to make the decisions for yourself. So that you don't have to rely on the other people to sell you. I've just found in my experience that even though they are meant to be looking out for your best interest, when there is a commission involved, your best interest takes a backseat. And so I want to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of by anyone.
1: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. So it's a lot about educating and empowering people around money.
0: Yeah. So we look at what are your money stories from childhood? We look at what are the limiting beliefs that you have around money? And then we also talk about like the nuts and bolts. What is a credit score? How do you make your credit score acceptable to companies? What kinds of loans are available to you? What is the best type of insurance for you? What are options for your retirement? What are the different types of investment accounts you can have? So we really go through everything. Budgeting. Budgeting is a huge one that Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. And what I like to work with is making sure that every single dollar is accounted for. So I like to give every single dollar in your wallet a job. That way it is working for you and you stop working for it. So we budget for self-care. We budget for savings, investments, goals. We make sure that in your budget, it's not just what you owe other people. It is what you want for yourself as well. And what you're working towards as well.
1: Beautiful. I love this. So I can imagine there are people whose ears have fully perked up while we're Mm -hmm. talking So, Galit, and I will put all this information in our show notes, but tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get in touch with you.
0: Yeah. So I am Financial Sharkdress. It's Financial Sharkdress Galit Sadiq on Facebook. I actually go live on my Facebook page and in my group, Righteous Revenue Fishbowl, every Monday to give out free financial advice. I pick a topic. I call it my Money Mondays. I'm there giving advice, answering questions. On Instagram, it's financial underscore sharktress. My email is galit at financial com. And right now I actually have a group program that is coming out next month. So I do individual one-on-one coaching. I also do group coaching and the group program is called the Inner Shark Circle. Not so if you're interested in that, please feel free to reach out on any of those methods and I can give you the information.
1: Perfect. Okay. And again, we will have all this available because I can imagine there are definitely people who want to get to know you. Who doesn't want to A, get to know somebody who's got great input and resources around money, but also who got to this place from this journey that you just described to us. I'm so honored that you shared it with us today. Thank you, Galeed, for being here. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my journey. It's like so convoluted. And I was like, how do I bring this to the forefront and and allow people to really understand? So thank you very much for guiding me through it as well.
1: You're welcome. And you can say it's convoluted, but I think the story of the journey, it followed a path that was easy to, to stay with. So thank you. Hey, friend. If you recognize yourself in these stories and you don't want to give a should anymore, you have to join my coaching community, the GC. Come learn the tools to recognize when fear and worry are running the show and how to shift into more of what you want without guilt or blowing up your life, unless of course that's what you want. Inside the GC, you'll learn strategies to start making yourself a priority. Stop saying yes when you mean no, have hard conversations and so much more, and You get to do this with a group of women who are making the same changes in their lives and are there to support you, not judge you. It's a seriously warm, safe space where genuine connections are made. The GC is where doubt and loneliness meet their match. You can get all the info at jennifersherwood.com slash the GC. But if you are not ready for something like that yet, I've got you. Head over to my website, jennifersherwood.com and hit the Relief Right Now button. I'll send three ridiculously simple steps to go from overwhelm to ease.